1: Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side, as always, in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer, Karen. And on this episode of Planet 8, we are going to be discussing a genre of film from the Seventies, the black exploitation cinema. Now um, we also have our friend of Planet Eight, Lord Bloodraw, with us today. Lord Bloodraw, welcome.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Always very very happy to be here on Planet Eight.
1: Yeah, thank you.
2: And and so uh, you know we're we're going to
1: get into uh, the horror. There's actually subgenres of the subgenre, uh, black exploitation. You had westerns. Um, you know, crime. You had uh, women in penitentiaries. We will not be discussing that on this
2: episode of Planet Eight.
3: <laughs> we'll be talking That'll about be that up. after the episode.
2: <laughs> That's, there you go, Bob. More Planet Eight after dark. Uh, Bob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're
1: going to be talking about the horror genre and uh, some films that are part of the black exploitation um, uh, genre of films. And interestingly enough, you know, this started off with two films, Sweet. Sweetbacks, Badass Song, and also Shaft. And th- those films, what, what'd you say? They're, they're competing. What's that? What'd you say? He's yeah. talking about
4: Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> we can dig <take>
1: it. <laughs> those two films that compete for which one was the first quote-unquote exploitation film uh, starting that genre. It was 1971. But actually, in researching this, I come to find out and, you know, God love Will Vajaro. Great friend of the show. <laughs> oh, the Drillvilles were legendary. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I always think of, uh, oh, oh, God, Kitten on the Keys. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Elvis, <laughs> Extreme Elvis.
1: Extreme Elvis. Right. But, but then you had, like, the phenomenots. You had... Right. um Theremin uh, Player.
2: I can't remember his that? name. The Theremin Player? Yeah, Robert oh. something. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Sylvester uh, or Sylvester was his last name. I can't think of his first name. Yeah. But, um, um, credible live shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Just it's really uh, good. And he'd always have like something interesting to show. And it was so fun because you watch these movies at home on, on, on TV. But when you get to watch them with a live audience, all you know, drunk it, it on just, beer. Comes beer and pizza, right? Because you had couches at the Parkway. Um, but anyway, um, yes, Cotton Comes to Harlem it is actually the first black exploitation film. Red Fox, famously in, in that movie. That's right. Um, so so anyway, um, we we are going to discuss some of these horror films in no particular order, but we're going to start with. Probably the most well-known and and famous of the of the black exploitation horror movies, Blackula. Yeah, it was the first. It, 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 it was, was the first of before. that. Yeah. So, um, go ahead, Lord Blood Rob. But for first time watching uh, Blackula, was it on TV? Did you, did you make it to the theater? It was
2: at a drive-in. Oh, with, that is so cool! extra, extra
3: points for that one.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Seen it at a drive-in and uh, immediately just fell in love with it because, you know, the big thing was it was – well, the, with the, the, the trailer was pretty serious, but it was, you know, Blackula, uh, Dracula's soul brother. Right. It, was, it treated it that way, so you didn't quite know whether it was going to be a parody, whether it was going to be you – know, whether they were going to take this whole thing as a joke or not and i was very glad to see that they didn't it is a solid vampire film it's a solid ni- 1970s mm-hmm. horror film with all of the um with all of the uh trappings of a 70s horror film a bit hokey a bit overdone uh the script there are very there are no subtleties in the script yeah <laughs> but um it's it's a solid a solid vampire film. Now, it could have gone in a very different direction, and it went in the direction that it did thanks to William Marshall, the star. Yes. Because originally, the plan was for Blackula to just be this, this urban black guy in Chicago that gets bit by a vampire, and hilarity ensues. As a matter of fact, <laughs> the name of the character was going to be Andrew Johnson, mm-hmm. I believe. Andrew Johnson no relation. was the full name of Andy from Amos and Andy. Yep. So they were referring to this, you know, classic, uh stereotypical, black, very stereotypical sitcom of the 50s. Right. And William Marshall came in and he said, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to be part of that. Uh Dracula was a nobleman. Dracula was royal, and if you if if you're going to go along with this title Blackula, then this character should be of noble blood as well. Mm-hmm. So they put together the uh, story of Mama Walde, yeah, was uh, the prince of the Abani tribe, who comes to Europe to try to convince various noblemen to help him end the slave trade. One of the noblemen he comes to is the Prince of Wallachia in Transylvania, Count Dracula. And um during dinner, uh, Dracula uh well not even makes a pass at his wife, Luva, just flat out says, Oh, I basically uh, I w I wouldn't mind owning her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well that that's
3: the way. thing. He's trying he's trying to talk him into helping end the slave trade and Dracula's sure. like well, you know, I like the slave trade. You know, I have yeah. slaves. Just like, <laughs> why, would slave wanna, you know, why would I want to? why would I want to do that? Why would I yeah. want to get rid of this?
2: Right, so because you know, to Dracula, all humans are food anyway. So I don't know. <laughs> why would I want to take part in that. You know, slaves good. Slave yeah, exactly. And uh, of course, Mama Walde takes exception to that. So uh, these uh, very jokey-looking vampires. Then come in, (laughs) blue-skinned, walrus-tusk fangs come in, abduct both of them. He bites Mama Walde and throws him into a coffin and says to him, I curse you with my name. You shall be Mm Blackula, a vampire who will never know the sweet taste of human blood, which will be your only desire. And he chains him in this coffin. He thinks for eternity. Mm -hmm. and um
1: yeah go ahead sorry luva
2: i was just gonna say luva his wife is then sealed in the chamber with him uh which is even more cruel Mm -hmm. he says to her you know and you will stay here in this chamber listen for his screams they will comfort you
4: Mm -hmm.
2: very very cruel this dracula uh so he seals them in Couple hundred years later, a few, yeah, three, two, three hundred years later, in nineteen seventy-one, um, these now this the movie and now movie, it becomes
0: very uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, the, the movie is obviously a primarily black cast, so you've got a black cop, black society shown in a generally positive light, a light black doctors so they're that's good homosexuals didn't come off so well in this film <laughs> even though the two uh the two uh, uh antiques collectors man. yeah mm-hmm. yeah they're they're stereotypical but frankly they come off as good businessmen right <laughs> <laughs> they know their business but they are, and they're friends of the lead characters because when well, Blackula uh, comes back to life and gets them, uh, they're friends of the other lead characters that come to his funeral. So he's got a social life. He's got friends. He's accepted in that thing. The cops use every you know use the mm-hmm. common uh, derogatory phrase for these for these two gay guys, unfortunately. But um, the story is essentially. A black vampire coming to life, a black nobleman vampire coming to life in modern day is one of the uh, one of the few modern vampire movies made at the time. It really brought that kind of classic vampire look to I got to go backtrack, backtrack for a minute to to the 1970s when he's at Dracula's castle in 17, 17, 1780, 17, right? 17, right. 17, right. yeah 1780. Yeah, He's straight up wearing a tuxedo. Yeah. <laughs> that is a modern tuxedo. <laughs> it's like w- w- where she, his wife, Luva, is in African dress. He's in a tuxedo. A modern tuxedo made absolutely no sense to me. No. Nope. <laughs> made no sense. Well, I tell you, as a kid, it made perfect sense
1: to me. But later on in life, I was just like, oh, okay that you know
2: uh yeah. oh at the time I didn't notice
1: <laughs> yeah you, you know what I noticed this and I've watched this movie countless times it's one of my favorite all-time favorite movies mm. who played Dracula Charles McCauley. right who is also Landrew in classic right? Star Trek that's right
0: he was less recognizable uh, blew
4: than, my mind
0: yeah that that was a surprise but of course. Yeah. William Marshall, you know, was William Dr. Marshall. Richard Daystrom. That's right. Damn yeah. five computer! <laughs> I am great. You're great.
4: Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alicia,
2: Elisha uh, Cook played Sam. Uh, mm-hmm. Classic Whether... Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> and classic one of the, that guy actor. And, and, oh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That
1: guy actor. Exactly.
2: Yeah. A uh, House on Haunted Hill. Uh, just uh, so
1: many other things. You know, and, and I will say, and not really to defend, but, yeah, the, the, you know, the way that the the two guys uh, were, the homosexual guys, the antique dealers, mm-hmm. it, it was very stereotypical. And, you know, just to say, well, it was the 70s. I mean, we'll, we'll get into some of the other films, but the N-word was thrown around. Oh, left and, right, was... and It didn't matter what ethnicity. Um, that was shocking. I, I I have no problem using the, the, the derogatory term honk, however. Um, and it was yeah. uh, Sugar Hill where she's like, look, honk. Oh, oh Sugar <laughs> Hill. Yeah, I'm like, what is the, the, the origin of the word honk? And it's honky.
4: Yeah.
1: And it had to do with these Johns, white johns going to pick up hookers honking the horn and they'd call them honkies. Is that accurate? I don't know. Should that be <laughs> part of Planet 8 After Dark? I don't know, but it was I, just an interesting.
2: Now, my understanding of where that came from was the word bohunk, which ah. I believe is um, a, a Scandinavian language that meant a, 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 either a, just a guy or a worker. Yeah. Or something like that. It, I, it comes from the to... same root as haws. Which means friend, I believe. I'm not sure. That's I, hilarious. I, I've, I've always heard the word bohonk. Okay. Well, sure, we'll, to well
0: I mean it doesn't have any real power though, not the way the N word no.
1: does. No, of course yeah. no, not at, not at all. So
0: that's it's it doesn't offend right. in the way that the N word or even to be honest, when, when the cops are are using the word fag. Yeah. yeah. Very liberally. Even that was oh, yeah. disturbing. To me, yeah. even though growing up, I you know you heard that word. If you grew up oh. in the 70s, I mean, you heard that word thrown around yeah. a lot. Well, I well, mean, that's the
3: thing. Them. I mean, you know, movies—you have to take them for the period they were made
2: in. Right, they are of their And you know,
3: right. fortunately, unfortunately, whatever you know, those terms were thrown around fairly liberally in regular life.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So it's just you know that was just reflecting of the you know reflective of the times.
1: It really is a sign of the times, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you wouldn't
2: see it necessarily now, but, um, and it, it, you know. It was at a time when that word was also being reclaimed by the black community, mm-hmm. right? It was being right. used among friends and among family as a way to take the power, take the sting out of the word mm-hmm. at that time. Well, you had comedians at the time, Red Fox, Richard oh.
1: um, oh, yeah, you know. Doing exactly that, right? You know, right. and um, in any case, we kind of <laughs> went off on By a yeah. Yeah. on a on a side note there. But you know, one of the things too is with the black exploitation films, uh, Frank had kind of or uh, Lord Bloodraw, sorry, edit that out. Okay. <laughs> actually, uh touched upon that and that you're African American and you're uh, a captain of the police force. You're a psychiatrist. You're a you're a, a scientist. Um, You know, they lived in good neighborhoods. They they had good careers and, um, you know, business owners. And, you know, one of the uh, deadliest vampires that the world has known since. Mm -hmm. And they didn't explain what happened to Dracula. Was he still alive? Was he not
2: alive? Well, they say he was killed.
1: But but see, if if that was the case, wouldn't Mama Walde have died as well because he's of that lineage or was – but anyway, maybe we're Depends on the movie Yeah, you know, <laughs> fast and loose with with vampire. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, he he finds his true to the Dracula story where Dracula finds his his wife, uh, a reincarnated version of his wife, Luva. And um, she just so happens to be living in. Uh, down, was it Los Angeles? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Downtown down L.A. And one of the other things about uh, the exploitation films is that they had these great music soundtracks that would yeah. come um, from these films uh, and a lot of good music. And so uh, where does uh, Blackula meet his uh, reincarnated wife and his future foes at a nightclub?
4: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, they did. Uh,
0: I mean, it's it's like the fish out of water thing, right? Because he's the man out of time. So he's in a place, a strange place, but he seems to acclimate fairly well. You know, I mean, there's certain things he's the way he speaks and things make him seem a little strange to everyone else, but at least in this film, they moved Blackula into uh, society and had him interact with everyone. If you Mm -hmm. think about something like um, Dracula, uh, what is it,
4: nineteen
0: seventy two A.D., right? Yeah. I mean, he just sits in the church and he never goes out and he never interacts with anybody. Right. But right. of course, Christopher Lee always played that role in such a way as he barely spoke or anything. Right. So, you know, but again, you know, he was uh, basically out of his usual time and manifested into the 70s, which was unusual for... For Dracula. So they both of these came around about the same time. But the way I think the way that they handled Blackula was somewhat more successful than a
2: bit. Although he, he adapts pretty quickly.
0: He adapts yeah, he did. 17 well, 90
2: something. He adapts. He's, really he's able
1: to he's able to communicate. He's able to you don't see him traveling a, in a cab. He, he kills a no, cab true. driver and makes a cab <laughs> but
3: Oh, well, that's after know, he got he, run over, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. He's, he's not using pay phones. He's, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, he doesn't have any currency. Uh, you know, at least that we saw him, you know, hey, I'll buy this round. so <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's royalty. People must buy for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you know it, it was ironic. Well, it's, you know, obviously for the film that the party he gets invited to, they happen to be talking about African artifacts, and he's able to say, "Oh no, it's not that tribe; it's my tribe." And you know, this is a ceremonial dagger, and you know, headdress, and and whatever else. And of course, uh, stalks one of the party goers and makes her into a vampire as well. But
2: <laughs> that scream, black you'll scream. That's the next one. Oh, oh, That's I'm saying, I was, I it. It was like,
1: That's right. wait a I, second. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so yeah, sorry. No problem. We're still at the that's right. The nightclub and, and the one cocktail waitress wants to take a picture. Right. With the uh, oh, what are they called? Polaroids. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and so, kids, for those of you who aren't alive in the 70s, there were these cameras. You put a cartridge in, take a picture and a photograph would come. Uh, but but she wasn't using
2: Polaroids, was she? Because she had to go to the she Black Room. had to go
4: room. develop it.
2: So yeah. never mind. I'm thinking of another film. <laughs> well, first of all, kids, this was a device that just took pictures. You yeah. couldn't make calls on it. You <laughs> couldn't <laughs> check the Internet. There was no Internet. It just took pictures. That's all it did.
3: But then you had to take this film and develop it and make prints, and then you had <laughs> pictures.
0: Hey, you right. couldn't even see if the picture was good or not for probably a couple of days unless That's you had right. your own yeah. dark room. But you,
3: but you only had like thirty-five or thirty-six chances to get a good photo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right. It
2: wasn't a Polaroid because she goes she had oh, to go to right the, next door uh, to the bar.
4: <laughs> How convenient is
1: that? <laughs> to
2: very go convenient. develop the film.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's <yeah, laughs> so He he finds out, you know, where she lives, and right. you know, when she sees the picture, she's like, "Where is he?" Right. And, and there's this great shot of, of the girl holding Blackula, and there's no one there. Right.
2: <laughs> great. We should we should say, by the way, that throughout the movie, he's never the, – the only time you hear the word, the name Blackula is when Dracula curses him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's yeah, Bubba yeah. Walde throughout the entire film. Oh, would, you want, I
3: mean, scream, Blackula, scream. Huh? would you want to go around with the name Blackula?
2: Scream, Blackula, scream. Huh? Would you
3: want to go around with the name Blackula?
2: Yeah, right. I'd rather be, you know, Mama Wolfie. You know, well, how much of a giveaway was what he was wearing? I mean, he is dressed (laughs) as a vampire. He's, you know, the suit, the cape. Every he's dressed as a vampire. Well, and and now I'm getting
1: the the two films confused. But there were two guys (laughs) that tried to get his clothes from him, right? And he's like, "Scream! Black in the scream." Yeah, that is okay. (laughs)
2: Let, let me hold off
1: for another 15 minutes then hold
2: on Larry we'll get back to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no that is a great scene we'll we'll definitely get to that because that's a that's one of the better scenes of the two films I thought yeah mm-hmm. yeah that was quite good but uh yeah you know he uh he he kills the uh photographer uh and basically from 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 there on it is essentially a very standard vampire film i mean he goes to luva explains to luva who he was and who she was in another life she totally buys it i mean she must feel it on some yeah, level because she totally buys it. into it
4: mm-hmm.
1: great acting yeah she she totally like oh my god i am i feel this connection to you i i know who you are i know what you're doing and um yeah that was great And I love William Marshall. I mean, he is such a good – brought such gravitas. Um, Later on, we'll talk about another film he was in, uh, Abbey. Yes. (laughs) He still brought gravitas to that role as well. Yes, he did. But, you know, we we didn't get into Bob and and Karen when you guys first saw the film. Um, I'm I'm guessing, Walker, you probably saw it on TV like I did.
0: Yeah, I don't recall the exact – you know, time that I saw it It was sometime when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and I, I just recall that. I mean, I had the same feeling with Blackula as a kid that I had with a lot of the hammer films and that it was definitely a scary movie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was one of those films where it was like, Oh, this is a little intense for me. Um, so yeah, I, it wasn't one that I watched repeatedly as a youngster, just because it was a little too much. Um, <laughs> kind of like, although I, I felt it was even worse with, um, oh my god, the name is going out of my head now.
2: Uh, another vampire film at the time. Another Count. Uh,
0: Count Yorga. Yorga, yes. Thank
2: Yorga. you.
0: Yeah, Count Yorga disturbed me even more than Blackula, but it was <laughs> it, it wasn't that far. Part
3: well, again, the director of Count Yorga also directed Scream by Black Scream, yeah,
0: which we'll get they to with Larry
3: directors. in a little bit.
2: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> no, so, speaking of s- the scariness of Blackula, yeah. uh, he gets hit by a cab chasing Uva yeah. before he finally yeah. finds her, uh, bites the cab driver,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and the cab driver is in the morgue. And then they realize, oh, hey, we think this guy's a vampire. They tell, okay, keep keep her in the freezer. And for some reason, Elijah Cook, who never listens to anybody, <laughs> pulls her out of the freezer
0: for well, some reason. Because the that's sergeant, the when the sergeant or the lieutenant or whatever makes the call, he tells the guy, he tells Elijah Cook, pull him out, pull out the body, but lock the door. I mean, and, and it's like like he can expect Elijah Cook's character to do anything, you know, reasonably well. Why would right. you do this? And he goes and he picks up his boss to go over there. Why not just pick up the boss and then pull the body out, right? Right. right. I think I'll I let mean, us thought a little bit. You know,
4: but
3: but no, I mean, you know, as far as where I saw it first was definitely Creature Features, and yep. you would see it. Represented every single week, because when the corpse That's comes to life, scene
4: That's and scene. breaks
3: That's out of there, and scene. there's that slow motion run of her right. coming down the hallway, just with the hair flying and the screaming right. and the the her hands going all over. That oh. definitely spooked me as a kid. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. Uh, that they would put that in the opening of Creature Features every week. In yeah. fact, it's even in the opening of the new Creature Features. Yes. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, that image, even if I hadn't seen the film, that image would be just ingrained in my mind, uh, yeah. you know, all my life. So, yeah, I mean, D- D- Blackula is definitely, I saw in Creature Features. And, uh, and yeah, it was definitely paid tribute to in the in the yeah.
2: opening. Yeah, yeah. And the actress who played that cab driver was going for it. Oh, I mean, yeah. she, she goes from she went all out to screaming beast. Nothing in, held back, like a second, really was, amazing. And I think the fact that they the fact perfect. that
3: they did it in slow motion,
2: yes, mm-hmm. it was yeah. just
3: perfect. You know the way yeah. it was shot.
2: It really was. It really it was really effective. Brilliant.
1: Yeah, it holds up today. I mean, yes, it's about Pete herself and her
2: watching the movie. <laughs> but again, it holds up as a 1970s horror film. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah very you well. know, I mean, these kids today, they'll watch a horror <laughs> film, and if they're not petrified within the first two minutes, it's boring. Right. And, guess, and it's, like, it's, no, it's just,
1: cheap thrill they have nowadays. That was a buildup. That was, you know, it was very well laid out. I mean, that scene is like anything out of The Exorcist or anything out of the Christopher Lee vampire films. I mean, that is just like. Yes. Epic, you know, it's yeah. like yes. Um
3: and the amazing so it, thing too the amazing thing too is like as I was like researching or you know looking up all these films that we watched, it seemed like the golden number was three hundred and fifty thousand. It's like almost every one of them had a budget of three hundred oh. <laughs> and
4: fifty thousand
3: dollars. Oh that is know, interesting. Done quite well on that, but well, most are all AIP films. Right. I think that was probably you know Sam Markov's budget. All right, you got three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to make this movie, and right, uh, yeah, oh, and no. yeah, I know like uh, it was Jim Nicholson. I guess was the more the accountant, and he was the one counting the pennies, and you know, but he sends Sam down to the sets. You know, oh, you're going over budget on this one. You got to have it done by Tuesday. You know, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I yeah, so I'm I'm just amazed how much in almost all these movies they were able to do with $350,000. Oh, yeah. Especially in the 70s. Right. Because that's when budgets really started climbing up.
1: Well, and I will say Lord Blood Raw alluded to this in the beginning of the show. You know, some of those walrus fangs that they threw on the vampires, (laughs) you know, budgetary uh, constraints kind of kicked in here and there. But, again, if you get some good actors – into these movies man you, you're gonna have a good movie you give him some good
2: scenes some good dialogue thank uh, god they didn't turn mama walde blue and give him the tusks he had the uh, good fangs he had those mutton chops in the eyebrows he did right yeah. right well that was a weird thing
3: yeah i guess it was whenever he grew his fangs then the mutton chops and the eyebrows would push yeah. up but i think it would you know i kind of would have preferred if they just you know grew the fangs and they didn't need to add all the extra hair, but
1: yeah. Well, I guess, you know, they were trying to portray a, an evilness or, or something like that. Be um, Yeah. You
3: know. I, mean, I mean, it makes it look scarier than William Marshall's regular face, but
1: yeah, the, a, a distinction between the two. But you know, one of the things that struck me in, in this film and, scream blackula scream and maybe more so in scream blackula scream is that mama walde realizes there's a difference between mama walde and blackula you know the lust for blood and the nobleness of his you know human persona Mm -hmm. and um you know you you see moments of that there's sometimes very vampiric determination and then there's like you know, I, I wish it wasn't this way. Um, uh, again, you, you, you give someone like William Marshall, who who can act, good scenes, good material, and, and it's gold,
3: right? Well, I well, mean, you know, as we get into Scream, Blackula Scream, I mean, he's trying to basically cure his vampirism.
1: Yeah. Well, right. So, uh, I mean, ending Blackula, spoiler alert, he... He loses uh, his his wife. She gets shot, and he's like, "I don't want to live anymore." And he goes out into the sunlight, and
4: mm-hmm.
1: you know, the sun does what the sun does to any vampire. Mm-hmm. And then the opening of Scream, Blackula Scream, um, God, and that a great scene too with the voodoo council and the priestess has passed away, and and oh, Pam Greer, God, she is just so oh. beautiful
2: how his ashes got to louisiana well <laughs> you, you know we'll, we'll let
1: that go yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right wind up in louisiana um and and you know he he's resurrected um you know through a voodoo ceremony
4: a voodoo and
1: ceremonies. uh and he didn't want to be resurrected you know he, he at the end of the first film he wanted to die right <clears throat> and so his motivation then in in the second film is to find a way to end the curse. Is that is that a good way to yeah to
2: be to be it? Uh, uh, exercised?
1: Ex- Exercise the, there of you go of, the va- va- yeah. of the
2: of the vampire the vampire curse right, right. of the Harry Talbot yeah yeah, yeah. Right.
1: oh that's a good comparison there Walker that's right Harry Talbot's curse.
0: Larry Larry Talbot was... Larry
1: Talbot, sorry, yeah.
0: Spent all that time trying to... All the movies after the Wolfman, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, just kill me, or get rid of the curse, or...
3: uh, Put my brain in somebody
0: else's body.
3: He was going to the gypsies, and uh, Placula goes to uh, voodoo priestess, right? Mm -hmm. Right,
2: right. Well, the person who resurrects him is uh, a young voodoo practitioner who wants to become head of the... He was like the son of the priestess, right? Or the grandson right. or something yes, like that? Yes, that's it. And wants to take over.
1: Yeah. And he was upset yeah. because Pam Greer was the heir apparent, I guess. Uh, yeah. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But in, in Scream, he'll Scream, you also see him becoming more. He wants to get rid of the curse, but he's also more comfortable in it because he wields that power. I mean, he yes. very quickly has this kind of coterie of vampires that he creates around him yeah. in this house, and he commands them like like the prince that he is. He mm-hmm. gives them orders. He tells them what to do Absolutely. while at the same time trying to pursue Pam Greer to uh, exercise the curse. Well,
3: right. also, when, when a he's, when he's uh, a vampire, when he grows his fangs or whatever, He's a lot more fierce in this one.
4: Yes, he is you more know, savage, more
3: kind of animalistic, and right. Maybe because you know he just he got up on the wrong side of the coffin. You know, he, <laughs> he didn't want to get up. They forced him up, and so yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: like, like Larry said, you definitely get the feeling he didn't. He was perfectly fine dead. He did not want to be right. Oh,
1: yeah. he, he utilizes that command and that power when necessary. Is how I took it. Like protecting Pam Greer's character, not one of you will touch her or you will answer to me or whatever the, the the conversation was with, with the vampires. Uh,
2: something like I I can show you pain beyond anything or something like that.
3: Yeah. The guy who resurrects him, resurrects him to control him. So he does his bidding. And that light like, goes out the window as soon as he wakes up. Well,
2: up in yeah. his face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. But now we come to the scene that you were talking about earlier. Yes. Larry, with the two uh, pimps. Basically. That just, yeah, just walking down the street and say,
4: hey, man, I like that cape.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Give up that cape. And then they call him something that they shouldn't call him. Uh, right. And, and Mama Walde, he
1: looks at them like puzzled, like. You're attacking one of your own? Yeah. You're, 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 and then it's like, okay, you want to dance this dance? Let's dance. Yeah.
4: Well, I think
3: the, it's more like you're attacking
4: me. Yeah. Yeah. And as you're so, yeah, kicking well, my ass,
0: he's, he, he has so, so much right, contempt for them. Yeah. You know? Well, he shows
1: them, you know, who's boss and, and the unapologetically.
2: Li- the line that's amazing is. Um, I'm gonna butcher it, but he says something like, "Your ancestors were in chains, and you're still in chains, selling your sisters yes. for money, They're selling your sisters for gold." Yes, and I was like, "Oh, wow, okay, Powerful. so that, yeah, it very that that's where the the noble, uh, his noble persona comes out, and a, a commentary that he makes on modern times that was nowhere in, in the first film." Right, right. That was nowhere in the first film at all.
0: Well, and it's interesting, too, because so many of the exploitation films, one of the things that I know, I did a little reading, and I guess the NAACP had been very upset that so many of the films, in their view, glorified, you know, criminality, glorified mm-hmm. pimps mm-hmm. and drug dealers and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. right? So, I don't know if that was an attempt on some level to kind of say, look, even though he's a vampire and he kills people, <laughs> he's got a moral code, right? He- right. <laughs> it's like, I-, I don't know if that was some commentary they threw in there to, you know, so- sort of try to negate some of the criticism or what.
2: But Yeah, well, Screen Black Screen was 73 and in 72, the floodgates opened. I mean, you had Superfly. Well, yeah, Black Hill. Mm-hmm. But you had, you had Superfly. You had Slaughter, uh, Hammer. You had all of these films that were very violent. Uh, some of them about uh, Crime Superfly was a drug dealer. who's trying to make right. the, the big uh, score so he can get out. Uh, Ron O'Neill. Yeah, uh, Ron O'Neill.
3: But you also had it creeping into major films like the Bond film oh. Live and Let Die. That's right. That's right. Things like that. And uh, what was it? Huggy Bear on Starsky and Hutch and whatever. I mean, they were all all these little, you know, hey, this is popular. So let's stick this in here and stick that in there.
0: Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, Marvel Comics. Yeah, the comics.
4: Yes, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and and not to glorify anything, but drugs and pimps and, and gambling and, you know, some of the films, it was the Italian's the mafia right. that, that they went against True. it wasn't always african-american against african-american mm-hmm. right. um you know and, and look the women in prison films that that it's a real subset of this genre but it is, right. i mean you know uh, uh, anyway
0: people like salacious things right right and it different doesn't matter for
4: different folks
0: and it, yeah it doesn't matter which people what subgroup whatever people like salacious things that's why we right. have all these supposed real-life shows on and mm. all this other stuff right you know you can put all the high con- high- level content out there and intellectual crap you want but people want to see people doing well, bad things and look
1: let, let's take <laughs> a look at the 70s you're absolutely right Walker let's look take a look at the 70s Watergate Vietnam War folks were living in the projects mm-hmm you know, uh, uh, what was the minimum wage if you were this ethnicity versus right. that ethnicity? Right. I mean, you know, th- this was the reality of the time. And I think it found itself into some of the fantasy or mm-hmm. the films uh, of that time. And so that's why I think it goes back with what Lord Blood was saying. For, for Black, you do know, like a commentary right. of sorts like that.
2: You're not going to see it in a lot of films, let alone a horror film. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of time. a lot of these films were more or less grindhouse films. Uh-huh. So true. they were films you saw in you know a kind of a cut rate theater, and the the early black exploitation was aimed at urban black audience who saw a lot of that right out their front doors. Exactly. So it was more. Um, I I I don't. Though it, I could see what the NAACP was talking about in that it could reinforce negative stereotypes among a white audience. In a black audience, back then, I don't think it did because they looked at it as I see a lot of that every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of a certain economic, of a certain economic uh, level, of you know, right. urban lower, lower lower economic class, lower middle class saw that every day in the seventies.
1: Well, and again, I, I'm I'm not saying anything negative, like Dolomite. I love the Dolomite. Ah, yes.
4: Oh, my God.
1: You know, Rudy Ray Moore is just... Put your weight on it! Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I could see the NAACP having a problem with some of the portrayal of some oh, yeah. of the uh, players in, in those films. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I was watching... We'll get into it later, but I was watching Petey Wheatstraw devil's son-in-law and there's a a stick of dynamite that someone wants to blow up the club and they throw it into a truck filled with watermelons yes oh yeah and and, you know
2: see he was he was doing comedy he was just doing wild he was doing wild comedy wild comedy and depending on the
1: audience it it was gold i mean it was no Uh, so
4: Yeah. yeah yeah
3: i mean Uh, one thing that i was reading when i was kind of looking up some stuff on the black exploitation films was that, you know, you had all these filmmakers making this subgenre, but in order to appeal to a wider audience, they decided to put some elements into these films that a wider audience would expect. Right. Now whether that's a stereotype or whether that's, you know, whatever. But um it was almost like, well it's Sprinkle this stuff in there because people are going to expect this. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I, I I agree. I agree with you, Chief. Um, and, and look, the, these films, for the most part, are are entertaining. Even today, like I said, uh-huh. God bless Jasmine. You know, she watches all kinds of stuff that I have to watch for uh, for the podcast, and she you know, really gets into it. Um, but anyway, so so back to *Scream* Blackula *Scream*. Uh-huh. Um, he goes to that cocktail party, right, and they're talking about the different <laughs> tribal masks and and knives right. or whatever.
2: this guy's a collector,
1: yeah, 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 he's a he's a collector, right? not a, not an antiques dealer. And Mama Walde can't help himself. He goes after this young
2: woman who, she didn't really come on to him or anything, right? No. Well, he's, well, no, she, like, watched him go across the room, yeah, and he's like, but, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll bite you later. <laughs> and he goes <laughs> by and gives that look, like, okay, there's the mark for tonight. And Because he, he is a vampire. He's got he, to feed. He is, right. And, no and matter what, he's got that, to feed.
1: Yeah. Right, right. Um,
2: right. So he does. Yeah.
1: And, um, again, he doesn't call for, like, a cab or anything like that. He just... Sneaks back into the house. He, he says he's leaving. Right. Sneaks back into the garage. Walks out the garage. It wasn't like a drunk guy that saw him and was yes. like <laughs> the drunk
2: guy. Yeah, who sees him? <laughs> then he bites the woman. Comes back out. Turns into a bat.
0: Yes, that's, that's right. That Flies away. Great.
2: I love that. <laughs> Passes out or throws up. I can't remember. Or both. I don't remember what the guy did.
0: And I I love that they had him turned into a bat, and it was very reminiscent of the old Universal films uh, where uh, they had the little animated bat and of course he's the bat is not in these scenes where he's flying over the city and stuff and it's but you know and people i'm sure today would just be like what is that that looks so crappy but oh. <laughs> i loved it i i, I, loved I, it. I it was I it was perfect
4: it,
1: yeah. Yeah. you know at, at some point in time uh, we've, we've talked about this loosely before but we should do a, a, a what we do in the shadows episode <laughs>
4: uh <laughs> Yeah. Oh. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Batman.
2: (laughs) I love that show. God, I love that show. Yeah, it's great. Um, But, uh, yeah, so anyway, back screen, Black screen. He um, confronts Pam Greer. I can't remember her character's name. uh, And basically tells her what he is. Mm -hmm. And this is always a little bit foggy to me. He wants her. To exercise the vampire curse from him, but he says before that if I w- if I went back to my people, they would understand the way I am. But then he wants her to exercise the curse, and I didn't quite understand that if he was able to get back to the Ibani tribe, they would understand he was a vampire or he. I didn't. I didn't. That was a little bit strangely written in that his ultimate goal was to be, was not to be a vampire anymore. Right. He mentions going back to his people who would understand.
1: I mean, unless they were trying to elude. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I know voodoo played a big part of this. Yes. Maybe they're trying to say that the tribe had a, a, uh, uh, not an alchemist. What would you call it? Not a witch doctor, but a
4: a voodoo priest,
1: of sorts of shaman. That would that would recognize the curse and maybe be able to excise the curse. I, I don't know.
2: Uh, and then he realized she could do it because she was powerful. I, I
1: don't I don't remember. Yeah, that that's kind of like a fuzzy point. Yeah. in the yeah. film. But
3: she was she powerful, but she wasn't that experienced. So, right. She's kind of right. you know right. feeling her way along, trying to figure this right. thing out.
0: That's a good yeah. point.
2: But, yeah. yeah, she agrees and she tries to do it, but she's interrupted right right yeah and then and Mama all day being furious attacks the people who inter, interrupt because the, the police come to the house where it's happening
1: like so, a shitload of police too
2: yeah <laughs> I mean, a lot of police yeah so he's trying to lead her out of the house the police attack him he dispatches all of them and she starts to cower away from from him Right. Terrified. She's a no, Yeah, or
1: terrified, right.
2: You can't be afraid of me. I need you. I need you to help me. And she will not. And her boyfriend, I believe,
4: <laughs>
2: comes up to him. And this is the only time he says it. He he looks at her and realizes what he is. Mm-hmm. Just realizes how terrifying he is. And the, her boyfriend goes up behind him and says, Mama Walde. And he turns around and looks at him and says, my name is blackula yeah and it sounds hokey when i said it, it was wonderful when he said
3: it. He, you have to do it in that deep baritone
2: right and he tries to kill the boyfriend but she has the the doll the voodoo doll yeah. of him and she stakes the doll and the doll repeatedly essentially dispatches him screaming screaming the,
1: scream, blackula yeah. scream blackula scream Exactly. You know, I would pay good money for a replica of that doll to, to put on the shelf. <laughs>
2: oh, tell me about it. That was oh.
1: so well made. And, and yeah. it looked like, not exactly like him, but man, what a piece of good. like
4: lost.
3: If, if I ball. find one, I'll, when I go to Monster Monsterpalooza, I'll specifically look for one and I'll trade you for the Zuni doll.
1: Oh. <laughs>
4: oh.
1: You know, uh, Chief, Karen was with me when we were at Monster Palooza. I think it was one of our yeah. first. Once, if not our second one.
0: Yes, indeed. And I
1: walked back to that table like four or five times because the guy wanted.
0: I was like, just buy that thing. Yeah,
1: she's like, just do it. I can't justify spending that much money. But, you know, I I come to find out from talking to the guy, there were two versions of that doll. And it's based off of the actual doll that that the Curtis uh, film, you know, uh, The trilogy of
2: terror Zuni doll.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Zuni fetish doll. And um, there was a, a general public release or whatever, general store release. And then there was a Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con version, with glowing teeth and glowing eyes. Oh, wow. And that's the one <laughs> the guy had. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my God. He says, but the head broke off of the neck. So I'm letting it go for like, what was it, like 100 bucks or something like that, Walker? And I'm like, wow. Oh, Hundred bucks! Oh my god, I got gonna... it! And I, I did it. I, I, you know, got some epoxy and brought it home and fixed it. And that hangs up in my tiki bar. There you go on the shelf, nice. uh You know, with a little note: don't remove the belt.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't touch.
2: You gotta the to give got to those wild, those I, wild I, collectors' I, impulses I, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, anyone who's drinking more than two cocktails, don't go near the Zuni doll. <laughs> don't touch the Zuni doll. Um, I don't know, Chief. I might take you up on that. We'll see if, if you can find Well,
2: We'll see not. what I can find. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because I know there
2: are not not the Voodoo doll, but there are Dracula figures. There's a company that makes... Well, really? I saw some of the William Marshall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some of those. They're great. I mean, yeah. they're expensive. Is that
3: like a sideshow or something? Or
2: It's not sideshow. Know. It's um uh they make uh, uh make basically like Migo style. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah, it's a little nicer than nothing against Migo, but it's a little more detailed than the Migo yeah. figures. They've done like Superman and and some other stuff. But um
2: But they've yeah, done like uh uh the reanimator and right, various right. horror characters. Really um obscure horror characters too. They got a Christopher Lee Dracula that's amazing.
1: Uh, I'll tell you, Chief. So I don't forget not to take up our our time on the podcast. But if you see any metallic statue from Night Gallery, I'm looking for uh, something similar to what they would have on the show.
3: Metallic oh. statue.
1: It, the, okay. the statue that was of a dragon, and there was another one of like an eagle, and it was made of um, old uh, car parts, like mufflers and stuff. There was a m- metal uh, guy oh. that would solder these things together for right. for the show.
4: So interesting. If, if,
1: at, at some point, I'm sure we'll all be watching Night Gallery for a future episode, and you'll see some of those statues in the uh, <laughs> in the gallery. But in any case, well, we're, hey. we're going to m- move on from from vampires. Well, oh no, we're going to stay with vampires.
2: Stay with we're, vampires. We're, <laughs> to in the and house. Oddly one, enough, one yeah. last
0: thing. Oh yes, yes don't Karen. forget. Besides William Marshall being Blackula and Richard Daystrom. He was also the king of cartoons. Cartoons,
4: oh, that's right, that's right.
1: right. Let the cartoons <laughs> begin. And, and actually, that's how I got Jasmine to watch these movies. Is I'm like, well, he played the king of cartoons, and she's like, on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yes.
0: Every generation knows him from that some was same. sneaky, Larry. <laughs> it
4: was, but it's king of cartoons. <laughs> Um, I watched
3: months? these movies for three hours. I didn't see one cartoon in any either
4: of them.
1: <laughs> um, and, of course, Pam Greer, uh, you know, she was in a Coffee and in a, just a plethora oh, of other yeah. films. Uh, great actress. Um, you know, wonderful, wonderful Still person. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys, you know, if you get a chance to to check out some of her films, as well as uh, William Marshall and the other folks please do
4: yeah
2: oh. I, have, I have a question really quick though about we're moving on to Ganja and Hess man. yeah i got a, i have a question which version of Ganja and Hess did you did you all see was it the like hour 53 or was it the 78 minute hour
0: 53 it
3: was okay. an hour and 50 hour 53 okay
2: so we all saw the same
4: long. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It was the, it was the, the newest cut. The Kino Lormer. Yes,
4: yes. Did,
1: did you say long or schlong? I didn't point. Long. <laughs> That's a long, okay. In
3: fact, I think I paused it about a dozen times just to see how long it still had to go. How much longer <laughs> do I have to watch this thing?
4: I was, <laughs> uh, well, look, I, I, will
1: say, uh, Ganja and Hess is, is, uh, it's up there with Black Blackula for me. I, I love this movie. And look, Karen loves 2001: A Space Odyssey, and and I, I get it. Bob talks often about Lupin the Third. I get it. Uh, you know, um, I I appreciate you guys willing to watch this movie because <laughs> you, you get it or you don't. So I want to let our audience know Karen and Bob are real troopers and really really dedicated. To to the Planet Eight podcast, uh, Lord Bloodraw loves this film almost as much as I do, if not more. I love the film,
2: and and yeah. I I would actually hesitate to call it black exploitation. I would I call heard. this this is a black art horror film. Yes, is is what I would say. It has its it has its roots in black exploitation because um, the production company I can't remember what the name of the company was was formed solely to give black filmmakers a chance to make films
1: well they they saw the success of blackula and there were going to be right. three films that they were going to work on right they had the budget set up for them
2: that was it that was it and the director oh gun I can't I can't remember his name Bill Gunn Bill Gunn thank you, thank Bill you. Gunn, yeah they told Bill Gunn make a black vampire film yep just here's money go make a black vampire film he and he didn't went want rogue, to right huh What's he kind of
0: went rogue, so...
2: He, well, <laughs> he went rogue he in had, a wonderful...
1: He had a movie that he wanted to do yeah. that, that didn't involve vampires. And, and um, like I said, there were three films that they were going to make. And then, for whatever reason, the studio kind of started working on some other film because there were production delays. And, there, mm-hmm. like I said, the other two films, they ultimately got canceled. That's right. Yeah. So they let Bill kind of go off and... And and do his thing, and and what we got was Ganjan Hess. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: Which uh, was the only other film I've ever seen Dwayne Jones star in from *Night of the Living Dead*. Yes. Yes. It Might very well be the only other film he's done. I don't know, but it's the only. I, I believe you're right. See so that Brian. kind of
3: attracted me to watch it, but yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, and 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 again, this film. Uh, portrays, I mean the 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 characters are obviously primarily primarily black and highly educated. Yes. This guy is a world renowned anthropologist and geologist. Mm-hmm. uh who takes on uh, he's, uh his, his name is Hess. Willie he not uh, Hess uh, Green. something Hess Green. What's yeah. it? Uh, Hess Green. Hess Green, thank you. Yes yeah. Green. Who takes on an assistant who is out of his mind. How he didn't George. send him back to wherever he came from. No, get out of my house. Get yeah. out of my house. This <laughs> guy is insane. The first night he's there, he tries to commit suicide. Yep. Talks about suicide. Yeah. And he's just absolutely out of his mind. Crazy.
1: You know, and, I, I do want to point out um, this movie did film at the 1973 Cannes Film Festival. Yes. Yes. So, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, it did very well, you know,
2: mm-hmm. um, but anyway, please continue Lord Budra. And um, they uh, he, hes they've been studying the uh, myth Mithrian, mm-hmm. yeah, Mithrian. Mithrian? Right. Right. Yes. culture of Africa that were basically a tribe of blood drinkers. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, you know, basically exploring their their culture and the, their artifacts and things. And he has this dagger this bone dagger that uh the, the the crazy guy george 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 that's right george yeah attacks uh uh Hess with first he comes at him with an axe yes tries to chop him up with an axe Hess fights back the guy grabs the knife and stabs him three times which, in the uh, roll-up at the beginning of the movie, is explained one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. hmm Thus creating a vampire which must live on human blood and cannot be killed. The guy who stabs Hess does not know that, but he stabs him three times with it. Then goes... <laughs> Into the bathroom was probably the most disturbing scene of the thing. Takes a bath (laughs) and brushes his teeth with the (laughs) bathwater while he's in there. As a matter of fact, the, the, the commentary on the movie, they said, you know, a lot of people didn't mind the blood and all that there were audible screams in the theater when the guy first <laughs> his own back.
0: that was the part that really hit me the most I paused the movie I was like, I was like Bob at that point then I paused the movie and I was like I don't know if I if it's gonna keep like this, I don't know if I can watch it, and <laughs> he stands up after he brushes his teeth and there is something black floating in the, the bath water and I don't even know what that was <laughs> oh
4: yeah, yeah
0: i just like oh yeah. I don't,
2: And by the way this the crazy character is played by the director bill gunn yeah yeah that's him yeah and I mean, that he,
0: that was like one of the most disturbing things i've ever seen in a horror film and, and that's saying a lot <laughs> it is, you know. it
1: is disgusting. Well, I, let, let me just say too uh I, I didn't ask where we all saw this first well i know bob and karen just recently saw it but we did not see this on Creature Feature, did we, Lord Odoroth? <laughs> no, we
2: knew. <didn't. laughs> no, we did not.
1: It would have been there, cut there down is a lot of out. male full frontal nudity in I, mean, I didn't right even male,
3: know this existed so. until until this. And, yeah. and it was funny because Debbie and Lucas were like in the other room watching something else. And it ended before Ganja and Hess ended, and she came out I probably caught the last five or ten minutes of it. (laughs) And that last scene, we'll get into later, Uh, when the thing ended, I just like threw my hands up, shook my head and said, "Uh, Larry made us watch it.
1: (laughs) Blame it on Larry. It's Larry's fault. uh, I'm going to let you know my memoirs is going to be titled Blame It on Larry. That's
4: right.
0: (laughs) So... So where did you guys see first see this? The
2: first time I saw it, it was a few years ago, and I think it might have been Netflix or HBO or oh, something. Netflix.
4: Think... That's where I saw it too on
1: Netflix. Okay, someone recommended it to me, and I it was probably Will. Um, well,
0: I was guessing Thrillville, but okay, no, I, I didn't
1: see Thrillville, but um, maybe I read about it. And anyway, it was on Netflix, and that's when I I saw it, and I was just like. No 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 no. It was I I cuz I saw I I never saw the 78 minute version I was talking to Lord of Blood Raw. I've never I seen the, that. The
2: I saw first.
1: Yeah, I've never seen the cut one. I rented the DVD from Netflix. It oh, was yeah. streaming. Okay. Yeah, I rented a DVD a couple of years ago from it and I was just like <laughs>
4: amazed.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it um yeah, it's well it, it, and, and again it, it is it is a horror film, but it is unabashedly an art film. It doesn't spell out
1: You know, it, it a reminded of- me of of uh oh what was that one David Bowie did? Uh the Man of Felt Earth? No, and, and and they had that ring and and um Oh Labyrinth no not Labyrinth. He'd get old and um
0: The hunger? Not the hunger,
1: hunger. reminded me of the hunger uh, 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 yeah a little I could yeah, I could see you that, know, I could uh, say that some, of, some of the filming not the story and and not the actors but just you know the concept of a curse
2: I huh. can see that comparison
1: yeah um you know so as Lord blood Raw was saying um he not only does he uh, commit suicide but George kills um Hess but then what what was weird is uh his his estranged wife ganja. Um, comes looking for him, for well, her husband.
2: Before that, Hess wakes up. Oh, right, 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 right. Not a mark on him and goes in, finds the body and immediately starts drinking the blood off of the floor. Yeah, because there's a pool of blood. Yeah, there's a pool of blood, yeah. I, in in one of the documentaries
1: I was watching, um, not just the actor, but the crew, it was tomato uh, tomato, tomato soup. Juice. Yeah. Oh. yeah, tomato juice, V8. And and he'd go
2: to like like and they'd all start retching. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dwayne Jones had a hard time doing those yeah. scenes. He yeah. would
1: keep Every scene, yeah, he did. He did, and, and <laughs> it was probably like that. You know, he starts getting the dry heaves, and then the director gets the dry heaves, and then right,
4: exactly. You know, the camera contagious.
2: <laughs> I think that's why I sought the film out in the first place because I knew that I'd heard that Dwayne Jones was in it, and mm-hmm. I never saw him in anything else uh, other than I'd Living Dead* at that point.
3: See what, what what got me. or you know, kind of leading up to the scene. Is yeah, his his wife comes in, and they're kind of estranged anyway. And she's looking for him. You know, it's my you know it's my husband here. And she waits around, who knows how long. And so they figure, well, let's have an affair. And then uh, <laughs> they're having an affair, and he's out. She decides to, uh, she finds out from his butler or whatever that uh, Mm -hmm. he has a wine cellar. She goes down to select a bottle of wine and there's a freezer there and her husband's like dead in the freezer Mm -hmm. and she comes back up and, you know, they're going to have dinner and she kind of confronts him about it Mm -hmm. and then he explains things and she's like, okay. Okay.
2: Well, she she really does. He doesn't explain anything to her. But the next scene after the dinner is kind of her monologue. Yeah. where She talks about the horrible relationship she had with her mother and that her mother. The only thing her mother appreciated about her was that she was beautiful and she loathed her own beauty. And because of that, and ever since she was a child, she decided she was going to do whatever she needed to do to take care of ganja. And that was it. That was all that mattered. That was all she was gonna do. So she looked at it as he's dead. He was nuts anyway. I never really liked him. This guy is rich, and I really think I'm falling in love with him. is gonna do what Ganja needs to do to take care of herself. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. So she's she's uh um a sociopath. Essentially, she's a sociopath. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, um, which is yeah, which is, in itself is very disturbing. That okay, well, my husband's dead. This guy's great. I'll I'll hang around. We don't need to. We don't need to report this or anything like that. Yeah, before oh I'm forgetting now. Is it was a before or after? It's before that, where because the, the movie is split up in kind of three sections. The last section being the the biggest. The first one is victim. Mm -hmm. but he becomes cursed with the vampirism. The second one is survival, and there's a lot of disturbing things in survival. There's a great scene where he just goes into a a bar, an inner city bar. He's sitting there, and this prostitute is up at the bar with her pimp, and he's telling her, you need to make a big score, you need to make Uh some money, you need to make some money. He walks in, and he's dressed to the nines, being rich and affluent, sits down at a booth, and she goes over, and she starts just making small talk to him that That's he weird. does not care about. Do you know so and so? No. Well, I did it. and she's walking back and forth, and you can just see he's thinking, I just I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. And he just finally says, sit down. <laughs> like you you're asking for this at this point. Just sit down. They go back to her place. She's got a child, a baby, yep, that is screaming. And they don't show it, but he is in the room watching TV. She's on the bed, covered in blood. He's obviously fed on her. And the baby is crying in the room. And he pays no attention to it whatsoever. So he's a sociopath as well, or has become a sociopath now. Uh, by, by the point that he's realizes he needs to feed and doesn't care what he has to do to 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 survive at this point right at any cost at any cost yeah survival at any cost exactly it it kind of
1: reminded me in in the book um interview with the vampire where the vampires you know well at least Lestat and the other one's not louis but they're they're food yes they're not humans i don't care if the baby's crying what does that matter to me Right. right you know and social just monsters, you know, true monsters. And and that's what he became. and then he realizes that though. And that's when you know I think he doesn't want
2: to exist anymore, right? Well, later, after he falls in love with Ganja and makes her a vampire. hmm Stabs her three times. Right. With with the thing. Shows she, her doesn't, how she doesn't to... believe no. that this well so he stabs her again and she survives it. <laughs> Just to show you, well, you can't die now. It's, you're not, not going to die. So together, they both
1: feed. What do you think made him come to the point? Because there's there's religious overtones as well. Oh, yeah. Um, to the point where he just didn't want to live
2: any longer, Not not as a vampire or, or otherwise. I think that the – I think it's very different if you're doing that on your own to share that experience and to see a reflection of yourself and somebody else like that. Yeah, and yeah. to see that, that, uh, that kind of barbarity reflected back at you, especially someone that you love because he loves ganja.
1: Yes, he does.
2: Um, I think that makes him realize we, we cannot go on this way and she's not happy being at the time. She's not happy being a vampire. She complains about being cold, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm uh-huh. cold. I'm very cold. Aren't you cold? Yes. Well, what do you do about it? I've grown used to it. Yeah. 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 Now, I found the way that they more or less get out of it. And I guess, are we going to go all the way with this film and, and spoil a spoiler alert?
4: Yeah, spoiler alert.
2: we spoil
1: everything. If you haven't but, watched the ending, stop the
2: podcast. I ask, watch yeah, the yeah, you definitely. Film, and it's on YouTube for free. Yeah, by the way, Larry and I highly recommend this movie. Oh, really, 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 <laughs>
1: Karen
3: and I, on the other hand.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but, um, However, we're all in accord, don't bother with Picard
2: season two. <laughs> yes, there is that. There, Thank yes, you. We, we're in full agreement on that. But um, he is reading in uh, a book, I guess, about um, the, the Mithrian culture, that whatever deity you believe in, if there is an implement of darkness that Cre that destroyed that deity, the shadow of that implement falling across the heart of a Mithraan blood drinker will destroy them if you truly believe in that deity. Right. And it sounds like Coded Coded. So, God just says the shadow of the cross then falling across our hearts would destroy us. So, he goes to a church and basically is quote unquote saved. Right. He the, gives the, his chauffeurs, life over- the chauffeur's church. That's right. The, the chauffeur, like, chauffeur's part time. He's, he's a priest or a reverend, I guess. A reverend, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he goes to the church and gives his life to Christ. hmm And comes back, they set up, and I really like this, the cross with the little light bulb behind it. Yeah. So it Purposely <laughs> cast a shadow. Yeah. And he stands up, and he goes into the shadow and falls over, and he dies. All right. The next shot is Ganja standing outside with an ambulance there, picking up his body, taking him away. She chickened out. She's not going to do it. I'm sorry. Before this, before this, before this, the couple uh, invited this young guy over. Yeah. And they 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 fed on him and uh, wrapped him up in in plastic and took took him out into this field where they dump bodies. Mm-hmm. But it turns out he was still alive. And God says he's still alive. He's still alive. Hess says, leave him. Just leave him. He's going to die in there anyway. Just leave him. So they he, drag, he drags her back to the house. And it's after that that they kind of decide, "Eh, this isn't working, we've got to end this. So anyway, the ambulance comes, takes his body away. She goes up to the house and she's looking at the swimming pool and the young guy who they had fed on, that they had left for dead, comes out of the pool, fully naked. It's just a full frontal. Oh, God. I have to say, as a straight male, wondrously endowed,
3: <laughs> and, I, I, was, I was surprised he didn't trip on that thing.
2: Good, good, good lord. Anyway, comes up and runs towards the house in slow motion. And uh, as he's coming towards the house, jumps over the dead body of the butler uh-huh. whom she had killed. And she just sees this and just kind of looks off into the distance and smiles. So she has now become perfectly happy living this vampiric life while well, um has basically couldn't take it anymore and she's going to take this young man and maybe make him a vampire too we don't know uh i loved this movie just because it was so such a unique different specifically african take on the vampire legend so so original, so artfully done. I thought the writing was great. I thought the directing was great. I was enthralled with all of it. I really loved this film. I, and again I this is the too. this is the Kino Lorber cut. There's yeah. a shorter cut out there that and it's 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 come out under a lot of different titles too. yes it, the, blood couple
1: and they tried yeah. right right They tried to make a more vampire, more
2: horror. And more then, exploitation, yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas this um, film was just, yeah, I, I recommend it highly. I
1: really enjoyed this film. I, I do too. It's not your traditional horror movie. I know, straight. Uh, let alone, and, and like Lord Bloodrod said, even I, I don't know if you'd even consider it exploitation, but I know that Bill Gunn um, saved a 35 millimeter print of his original cut. And that's what Kino Lorber did the best to restore, you know, off of that cut that had gone out to different art houses and movie houses yeah. and and festivals. Um, you know, the whole thing. He didn't want to make a vampire. Bill Gunn didn't want to make a vampire film. He he wanted to make a film about addiction. And so he used vampirism as, you know, a form of addiction. Mm-hmm. And And that's, you know, his original cut of the film was exactly that, but,
2: uh, it it, get the really interesting thing about this film. And this leads into, um, assuming the next film we're going to talk to, which was which is Abby,
4: Abby. Yes. Okay.
2: Again, taking kind of Christian religion and mixing it. And in some ways comparing it to African myth and spiritual beliefs Mm-hmm. And coming up with something kind of original in Ganja and Hess, it's done expertly in Abby. There were moments of unintentional hilarity there in this film. Yeah. Uh, Abby is in, you know, Abby is straight up exploitation. Abby is. is the black exorcist. That's exactly what it is. So it much is. so that uh, uh, the studio that made uh, The Exorcist, metro Mayor, mare right? Yes. Sued the director. Of the film, which I thought was a bit unfair. I mean, it's not, it's not a scene for scene remake, but
3: no. no, I mean, yeah. well, I mean, back then, I mean, the exorcist was huge Mm -hmm. and we were just starting to get all, you know, to the devil, a daughter and, you know, all the different kind of, you know, takeoffs of the exorcist. Yeah. But I think Abby was like one of the first. And so it was almost like, oh, that's a film about exorcism. It's ripping us off. Take an example. You know, go after it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes perfect sense because you know I, I as a matter of fact, I just saw it like last weekend. I had never seen it before, but like I found it. I think it's on YouTube. It's, sure on it's on
3: YouTube, YouTube, but it's like a really bad, like a VHS transfer. Oh, it's a
2: VHS rip.
4: Yeah, know? yeah, It is yeah. was. It's just,
3: yeah, really bad. But, but I mean, you know, I, 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 actually enjoyed it more than Ganja and Hess. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I got the is, 4. I think gadget House was like though. on
3: the bottom for me. But <laughs> um this, you know, it was it was good, although and again, William Marshall comes back to play yep. the exorcist in this one. Essentially, yeah. And uh he he's pretty powerful cuz he doesn't have too much of a problem exercising the demon out of her, <laughs> but yeah, there's some pretty creepy scenes, you know, yep. as as she you know, starts to to become possessed and the devil starts to show his face and things. But okay. um yeah, I just thought overall, yeah, it was good, although after having seen the Exorcist back then, you know, the seeing this it's much tamer. Oh yeah. Exchange oh, And yeah. I don't know if it's because of the three hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget or uh or what, but um Yeah, I mean, they probably didn't have enough uh, of a budget to do all the effects and things. But, I mean, she floated in the air and floated back down, things like that. But it wasn't really all of your typical stereotypical, you know, exorcist exploits in this one.
1: Well, I, I noticed that they didn't say, like, Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit. William Marshall would talk about, you know, God and the Spirit and great. They never really got like into catholicism like the exorcist did.
4: Well, and I no, wonder if
1: that going, was a conscious decision or
3: well he's not a- he's not from the US or from America, right? He's got his own religion, his own beliefs. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jesus is now worldwide, so
2: right. Well, Abby was uh I took I took it as Southern Baptist. Yeah, that's I what I, I thought they, too. They were Southern Baptist. And when they that was one of the things that I it, Kind of laughed at in the beginning was they went so far out of their way to establish that Abby is a good church-going girl. She is a pure church-going girl who has gone to church all of her life. Her entire family, her father, her her uh, husband is a minister, right? He was was he a minister? I believe a minister. She 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 sings in the choir yes sings in the choir and everything yeah. yeah right they just push that home so hard but so there it's yeah I, I believe there they mention you know they they go they they show them at services and she they she sings a song in church and things like that so it's about you know he, her being pure absolutely pure right yeah. you know, william marshalls in africa looking for Eshu, or, or, or uh, symbols of uh, yes. Eshu, who's an uh, African demon of sexuality. Yes. I remember yeah, they find ah. this like log with a carving on it that's a reclining <laughs> yeah. African with a conical kind of headdress and the whirlwind, because the symbol of Eshu is the whirlwind, and a fully erect penis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> looking at this this could only be issue the conical headdress the the whirlwind and the, the the fully erect penis this has to be issue this is this is a vessel how do we open it well uh, twisting the headdress that's not working <laughs> uh, twisting the whirlwind that doesn't work twist the penis and it opens the head. <laughs> thus releasing issue which comes out in the form of dust and a whirlwind essentially right right it, and, uh, it reminded me of those old uh,
1: Tijuana uh, that little wooden carvings, the barrel. And you take the barrel off, and the guys, you know, right? It's
4: like it's like, oh, okay. That's
2: right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and SU goes all the way to this. Doesn't make sense now that you I think this about is it. Right, yeah. Goes all the way to America to attack William Marshall's uh, daughter-in-law for freeing him it right it free he freed you
1: right well william marshall is a bishop his son is a a reverend right right and then abby's the the puritan wife and marriage counselor uh, right and so how did how did that happen that's where i was wouldn't it have been william marshall who would have been possessed
2: you think? No, she goes all the way to America to find Abby yeah. and, and take her over. Yeah. For some reason. In any case.
0: From any there, case it is just. She's the purest soul.
4: What?
1: Maybe
0: she's the purest soul. The purest soul,
4: soul? probably. Yeah. 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 It wasn't
1: clearly defined. Yeah. Um.
0: There's no <laughs> instruction manual.
1: There was no
4: instruction <laughs> manual.
1: Um it
0: it was uh,
1: you know, I'd never seen this movie before actually i maybe I've right. seen bits and pieces of it, but um okay. it's not up there with ganja and Hess in my book i I don't know I didn't uh really
2: <laughs> even I, with i enjoyed part. it I enjoyed it i I wouldn't put it up there with blackula either I would put it just under I thought it was yeah. fun I thought it was fun I enjoyed it um i'm I'm gonna put this one
1: below. Petey Wheatstraw and... Uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I love Petey Wheatstraw. I just... Oh, God. Wild film. It is. And and it... I, I love Rudy Ray more, though. I mean, so... Yes. Yeah. Um, well, and Sugar Hill. I love Sugar Hill. Sugar we'll Hill talk was about bad, Sugar um, after it's we bad finish bad. up with
2: Abby. Yeah. um One of the most interesting things I thought that they did in Abby was the exorcism it is it, obviously it's not a Catholic exorcism like it was in the Exorcist. It's some again combination of Southern Baptist and African religion. Because mm-hmm. he starts out, he's got the collar on, dressed as a priest. And he even says she sta- and it takes place in a club. I love that. It's <laughs> not in her bedroom, it's in a club. <laughs> and these two guys he says, grab her hold her arms out in the sign of the cross, the sign of universal balance. I'm like, oh, that's, okay, that's interesting. And they lay her back and he talks, he has a full conversation with the demon. <laughs> Basically, I, you're, I know you're not Eshu. Eshu wouldn't, wouldn't bother doing this, and da. da, da, da. turns out it's a lesser demon pretending to be Eshu, da 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 But he like takes the quote-unquote exorcism so far, Then he goes over and opens up his bag, puts on a daishiki and kind of an African hat and continues the rest of it in this African faith, this African ceremony that does the trick, essentially. So, spoiler alert, it has a happy ending. Yeah.
3: Well, if one thing doesn't work, you have to try another.
2: (laughs) You have to try another, yeah. (laughs) But it seemed like everything he was doing was working. It's just a... Everything was – it was just a combination of
3: – Well, that's what I was saying. It's like he didn't have a whole lot of trouble with it. No. Yeah, if you watch The Exorcist, it's like you know, that's a big battle between good and evil. This is more like he's got a job to do and he just does it and off you go and we're done. Yeah. Well,
0: he's William Marshall. He invented well, the M5 true. computer.
3: I
2: will unleash the M5 on you. That's right. That's right. Yes. And super easy, barely uh, an in inconvenience. Yes. <laughs> talking to, talking <laughs> can can, the, can
3: the M5 be programmed for exorcisms?
0: Probably. <laughs> oh, okay. It could destroy starships. So.
1: <laughs> I was talking with Bob the other day, and it was interesting, because I read about the lawsuit from The Exorcist the, uh, against Abby, and um, at one point she starts talking Greek. And, and it, you know, she was just explaining, you know, the situation, but I was like, wow, well, okay, uh, I don't know why Greek, but you know, at least in The Exorcist, you know, he's Father Pappas, his mother, and you know, there's a right. uh, correlation. But um, it was it was interesting. It, it was interesting, but it, uh, of all the films that I watched, it it's the one that it's going to be on the bottom of the list for me. So
3: does so did she actually say anything in Greek, or was it just kind of Greek gibberish?
1: No, no, she was. She was oh, the demon was explaining, you know, the curse, and you know, yeah, the priest can go take a flying leap and all that stuff. It was cohesive. Right. Right, yeah. It wasn't just Greek gibberish for, for talking Greek. Exactly.
3: Because you never really know.
1: Yeah, no, you I know. know. There, there were no subtitles. To if you know. don't speak
3: Greek, Greek, then, ah, you know, it could be <laughs> anything.
1: <laughs> then it's
0: Greek to you. So, well, it's it
3: funny because on Saturday mornings they had dubbed Ultraman Tiga, right? And they had this one scene and it was all dubbed humorously. And there was one scene where this patient's in a hospital bed and uh is talking and they're like oh is this this you know he's talking in some strange alien tongue and when they dubbed the patient they dubbed her in japanese and in japanese she's saying i'm speaking japanese why don't you understand me yeah <laughs> it's like as a joke. And they just figured, oh, nobody speaks Japanese, they'll never know. All right. So this is some alien language. But anyway, that's why I was wondering if if she was actually, you know, did they take the time to actually fit Greek in there?
2: Oh, time on this budget? No. Really it <laughs>
3: really, really must have someone somebody on the cast. Anybody on the cast here speak another language? What is it? Greek? Okay, come in here.
4: Hey, Nico. Well, we it, yeah,
1: as, as a matter of fact, it was uh, some reference to Father Pappas' mother is what the dialogue was saying, and I don't know, maybe that tied into the lawsuit with The Exorcist. No,
4: just
2: kidding. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and at one point he says to the the demon says to William Marshall, "I know about your," which they never explore. I know about your hypocrisy and your past, and then and, and, and never they never touch on it. Oh, you yeah, knew he was Blackula, Mama Waldian in other lights.
3: We know you're Blackula. <laughs>
2: right, right. Fun film, fun film overall. I'm glad I saw it. I I Me too. for the historical reference of seeing the, the Black Exorcist, you know.
4: Yeah. I'm about
2: fun. it, but yeah,
1: uh, yeah it, it was it was interesting. Uh different. And I saw a really bad copy too. It was yeah. In parts and you know it's probably more of a grindhouse
4: version on youtube oh, maybe that added to the a vhs a rip yeah yeah
3: so uh we've covered vampires and demons and uh we need to talk about zombies right
2: on to zombies on to, yeah. zombies. We need
3: to talk zombies
2: sugar hill sugar hill sugar hill yeah uh one of my favorites one of my favorites. I can watch that movie over and over again. It's uh a supernatural revenge plot.
3: Well, see, you were ta- you were talking about the walrus teeth in uh in Black yeah. and uh this one we've got like gold ping pong balls over the eyes.
2: Oh, the ball bearing eyes, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Which and actually worked really well in some scenes.
2: Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, well.
3: yeah. But other scenes yeah. just kinda like, ah, oh, he's got ping pong balls on his eyes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it kind of reminded me of Star Trek, uh, the uh, uh, Gary, uh, not Gary Marshall.
2: Oh, um, in uh, Where No Man's oh, Gone. Where No Man's right. Gone.
3: No. Gary Mitchell.
2: Gary, Gary Mitchell. Mitchell. Thank you. Gary yes. Mitchell. They weren't that well
1: made, though, and they weren't fitted, so they did kind of like pop out a little But I thought well, they were a great effect. It was a different kind of zombie look that I've never seen since or before.
2: It was yeah. It was a really interesting look, and that the the zombies were all slaves that had been buried in unmarked graves.
3: Yeah, they you know, definitely went back to the kind chains. of '30s and '40s versions of the zombies, where they were more brought yeah. back to be slaves or to you know perform tasks, and not so much the you know George Romero ghoul type zombies. That's,
2: that. that's right. Yeah, that's this was a throwback. Yeah. It was the voodoo zombies. Yeah. The voodoo zombies. But
3: I think what really impressed me about Sugar Hill, and yeah, we'll talk about the whole thing in a minute, but it was almost like black exploitation noir. Yeah. Hmm. And there's some scenes, like especially jumping way ahead, at the end where the mob boss goes into the house and Sugar Hill's in there with all the zombies hidden in all the different rooms. Mm -hmm. And as he's walking around, there's like one shot looking up at him and there's a fan above his head with Mm -hmm. the shadow of the fan, like stretching across the ceiling. Mm -hmm. There's another scene where he's coming up these stairs and he like turns. And as he, and just as he's like leaving the shot, you see a shadow of a zombie on the wall, like going by, which he doesn't notice. And, there was just like little nuances like that that uh, very much so. was really yeah. cool the direction of the movie was, was really yeah. good absolutely
2: absolutely and the head gangster was played by Robert Corey County Gorgon yeah ha
4: huh. yeah
2: yeah a great yeah a really enjoyable film uh, in Louisiana uh, sugar is uh, married to a, a club owner. And there's a gangster that wants to take over the club. Right. And basically has him killed. And Sugar, had, her involvement in voodoo at the beginning is not quite clear, whether she's a practitioner or simply knows. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I guess she. Yeah. she's a photographer, right? Yeah, she's a photographer.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah. I don't know, but she seeks out Mother Jefferson. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> Mama Matrace. Yes. I mean, Mama Matrace, Sorry. Matrace Who was Mother Jefferson? Yeah. Zara Cully. Zara, Zara
1: Cully. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and uh, Baron Samedi.
2: Man, I love that Som. name and that actor. I have um, been mistaken for Baron Samedi. <laughs> oh, but <horrible. laughs> <laughs> I was first starting out. Oh, you're cosplaying Baron Slomdy? No, I'm not cosplaying.
1: <laughs> Don Pedro Collie. Don uh, Pedro uh, Cauley, yes. oh, Yeah.
3: But when, One. but when the club owner is killed, he's actually killed by like a gang of you know the of the mob. The mob. So there's like yeah, plenty of victims to go around.
1: It, yes. It, they didn't actually say Italian mob, but these are just like, they were goombas. I mean, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, they were, they were a mob, not a specific mob. They, they were a mob. Not, not a specific a, you know. mob. Yeah. But
1: they yeah. Were mob. They, they weren't specific as to what mob or that they belonged to a family
2: or, or anything like that. Right. But, um. But yeah, so she goes to Mama Matrice and says, I want revenge. And Mama Chase raises Baron Somti, mm-hmm. who was the the ruler the ruler of the dead. Yes, and she convinces him to raise an army of the dead. And there, these are the uh, the uh, zombie uh, dead slaves with uh, gray skin, covered in spider webs, decaying with those ball those silver ball bearing eyes <laughs> that were just intensely creepy just in, intensely creepy but to me I mean you know uh Marky Bay was the woman who played uh sugar sugar yes yeah. Don Pedro Colley just steals the movie he does from everybody else' who's Baron zombie he is just having such a wonderful time I mean he, one one of the things that I regret is that we never got
1: a standalone Baron zombie movie
2: oh I mean yeah yeah it, it would have been great yeah because there's this this trickster element to him. He takes on various guises to help to help her. But yes, she's she's in command of him, which I thought was interesting. There's one guy they go after, and she says, "I want him alive." He says, "Easier to kill him." Yeah, <laughs> I want yeah. him alive.
4: <laughs> Done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it, 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 to me, it was almost like you know, she rubbed the lamp, and and the genie gave her x amount of wishes. You know, she was in control. But in the end, there was a price that would have to be paid. Yes. And and the Baron would have to agree to settle that tab. Yes. You know? And luckily for
2: sugar he did.
1: <laughs> L- luckily it wasn't sugar. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Well he and spoiler alert again, he wanted sugar. Yes. He wanted sugar, but no, she would she wouldn't have it. So he took so he took the uh, gangsters uh mall. Poetic justice. Yeah. 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 Poetic yeah. justice. All the scene the scene of him rising in that obviously set, but greatly lit, spooky cemetery. Yeah. Set. You know, just classic nineteen seventies uh, 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 uh demon <laughs> rising and then the zombies coming all coming out of the ground and just great, just a wonderful it's just such a fun film great film uh revenge revenge classic with supernatural elements uh with a great performance by Don Pedro Colley. Mm-hmm. Robert Quarry's fun in it too i mean you know yeah. one of the scenes i liked too is um
1: at the end uh she has all of his henchmen uh gangster friends smiling at him <laughs> you know they're dead and zombies and, and they don't have the ball bearing eyes no. they still have the regular eyes and they're like
2: <laughs> right. And they're all displaying how yeah, they they were well, killed, you have you know? to earn
3: in the eyes. You don't get them right away.
2: <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Yeah.
1: But that, that was just a, a really good uh, movie.
2: And uh, I, I love the zombies in this in this yeah. movie. I, I love this whole movie. And the, 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 the gangsters not only deserved it just because of what they did. Yeah. They were outrageously stupid. They were, <laughs> too. Because at one point, Baron zombie plays a cab driver. who <laughs> drives up and says, Oh, Mr. Mister, Whatever's uh, uh, Morgan waiting to see you out in the field. Okay, get in. And he drives out into a field nowhere. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nowhere. Follow me, son. He's just taking him out in the field. Where are we going? We're almost there. And he takes him out to this pig farm where he's immediately eaten by pigs. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I never knew. Kids were so this, vicious. Yeah, you know?
2: and by the way, the voice I was just doing was Baron Somdi doing the stereotypical voice because oh. he did not speak that way in this movie. Yeah, no, because yeah, the stereotypical exactly. voice to convince people that he's just uh, uh, basically not a voodoo god. <laughs> he's not all powerful the way he you know, the way he actually is. Yeah. Such a good actor. Oh yeah, and Baron Somdi, an actual figure in uh, in voodoo. Oh, an really? actual an actual deity.
0: Huh. He was in, in voodoo, yeah. Live and let die too. Yes,
2: yes. Jeffrey older yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. He's in. Uh, he's mentioned in quite a few uh, voodoo films, and and, and actually worshipped in voodoo practice. Interesting. Yeah, it's such a fun film it is okay. it is and a great callback to the voodoo zombies of the past you know they never they never eat anybody in this one they're just yeah. there to perform their function yeah, exactly they're given a task and they do it well
4: right
3: white white zombie i walked with a zombie
2: right
4: yeah. zombie
3: amora yeah. tau
2: right yes and sugar hill and, and sugar. sugar hill sugar hill is yeah. yeah right in that right in that line yeah
1: I remember that one, the Serpent and the Rainbow. Interesting movie. Yeah, right? yeah was I was it in movie. years. I haven't seen yeah, it in years me mm-hmm. In any case, uh, let us move on. Uh, you guys, I don't think watched this film this go on. You may have seen it in the past. I had to watch it. wasn't It's black exploitation, but it's not really a horror film, even though the devil is in the title. It's Petey Wheatstraw, the Devil's son-in-law.
0: I never heard of it until you mentioned it.
2: <laughs> Rudy never. Ray Moore. Rudy um, Ray Moore. Yeah, I I saw it a long time ago, and I'm not even entirely sure that I saw the whole thing. I may have just seen. <laughs> In more fact, famous. I could
3: have dreamt it.
2: See, I could have dreamt the whole thing. I I, I may have just seen scenes from it, or I started it and, and went away, and then and didn't come back for some reason. I remember enjoying what I saw. I love well,
1: I, I watched it yesterday, and and I'm not sure if I watched the whole thing either, so don't feel bad.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, like I said, Rudy Ray Moore. This was uh, done in 1977, and uh, you know, depending on who you uh, who, who you read, you know, they had various interviews. Uh, he'd done the Dolomite films, mm. and um, the third. Dolomite movie they actually called Disco Godfather because they whatever reason wanna <laughs> typecast him as Dolomite, I don't know. <laughs> so Petey Wheatstraw was also one of those those movies where it's like, let's take Rudy and let's put him in, you know, similar uh, situation. And what was interesting is uh, you know, they would say like uh, produced by and it was R.R. Moore. It wasn't Rudy Moore mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he was trying to, to I don't know, change things it up a little. Yeah. Class it up a little. So, uh, you know, this is the story of PD wheat Um, he's a, a nightclub. Uh, no, actually he's gonna, he owns a nightclub later on, but he's a comedian. There's rival comedians. They start a war. Um, they go to shake down one of his friends. And, and I, I forgot this scene and it was so reminiscent of, of today, this young, African-American boy is shot down in his front yard because of, you know, a stray bullet. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Whoa. you know, that was very impactful. And he was just talking to his older brother about wanting to play basketball and, you know, and then that future is is done. It's gone. Right. Right. So they have a funeral scene and they're at the church and the rival gang, well, they're not even gang, they're like fellow, not fellow, but they're, they're comedians as well. Uh, nightclub act and they gun everybody down at the funeral, including Petey Wheatstraw. And uh, Petey hears his name called, Petey, Petey. Well, it's the devil, and and he's down in hell. And long story short, he makes a deal with the devil: I'll, I'll put you back on earth. You can get revenge on on the people that that did you wrong. But at the end, when you get what you wanted, you're gonna have to marry my daughter. Yep. Hence the the son-in-law. Part of the movie, and uh, the devil's daughter is so ugly, they never show her face, it's always this veil with a very deep voice. And um, anyway, the devil gives Petey the power uh, over people great power that rivals the devil's power with the devil's pimp stick, his, his cane. Yep, <laughs> and yep. so they, they have to go to a graveyard to retrieve the cane, and they they use it, you know, to their advantage, and then they're going to try to trick the devil because he doesn't want to marry the uh, uh, the devil's daughter. And long story short, uh, he uses the cane against the devil. The devil catches on fire, falls off the roof supposedly to his own uh, death, and, and Petey's like, oh, you know, we won. And he goes to get in this car with his two friends, and he's like, wait, you, you guys, you're dead. What, what are you doing here in the?" Devil turns around. and is like, oh, ha, 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 "You didn't think you could beat the devil?" And Petey screams and gets driven off to hell.
4: <laughs> and
1: that was the the end of that movie. Yep. Um, you don't need to watch it. That's pretty much
2: it in the nutshell. That's pretty much it. <laughs> but, but Rudy Raymore. Rudy us Ray more Rudy Ray Moore Hilarity ensues throughout Ru- the film. <laughs> Rudy nice. more Hilarity. Um, I will
1: say if you have not seen the uh, Eddie Murphy uh, movie on Netflix about yeah. oh, that's good one. Yeah, it, it yeah, really Dolomite. is a, a good film.
4: Yeah.
0: Although just, I, w- I would just say that I was forever scarred seeing Dolomite at Thrillville.
4: <laughs> and
0: uh, yeah, I had no idea what I was <laughs> in for. And having Dolomite on the big screen at, at Thrillville was, oh. yeah, something. That was that, an experience.
1: That was priceless. I have many, many good thrillville memories oh yeah. but the expression on Karen's face throughout that film will forever live in my my mind and heart
0: well there was one particular scene yep which for our PG audience I won't share
1: but oh I will he says no, just kidding <laughs> um message us on on a, a Tinder. I, I I mean Facebook or Twitter and we'll uh <laughs> we'll God. let you know what that uh, scene and dialogue was but anyway what do you
2: mean bringing me cotton draws <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful,
2: oh, just wonderful. <laughs> it really was <laughs> and one, one thing that's really interesting about Rudy Ray Moore is I thought before I saw the movie My Name is Dolomite that he created the character of Dolomite no. and created Petey Wheatstraw. He did not. These are like old stories stories passed through like in black culture. They were the subjects of jokes. They were Mm -hmm. they were almost kind of mythic, like almost Paul Bunyan kind of, Hmm. you know, uh, legendary joke fodder. Yeah. kind of things that he just picked up on and capitalized on.
1: Generational. That, that would go... Generational generation gener- Some of them going as far back as, you know, the slavery time. Right. And, right. um, yeah, if, if you've never listened to a, an album of Rudy Ray, Rudy Ray Moore, uh, definitely uh, After Dark Material. Oh. do yourself a favor and uh, and listen to some. If not, watch some of his films. Um,
4: the I have a... Uh,
1: I have a movie uh, next time uh, Karen visits that it's very hard to get on DVD. I got it years ago, and it's called uh, Dolomite Returns.
2: Okay. And and so uh, I'll
1: I'll invite you and Bob over, and uh, we'll have a Planet 8 viewing.
2: (laughs) the, The easiest piece, I think, to find recorded of Dolomite is a piece he did called The Signifying Monkey. Mm-hmm. about a monkey that keeps harassing a lion in the jungle and what, what happens to him in that. It's, it's a, it's a, a great hilarious story. piece. It, it is. It is. Not, not safe for work, but... Uh, no, no hilarious. definitely not. But,
1: yeah. Um, anyway, we, we can go on and on about Mr. Rudy Rickmore. <laughs> but this is the part in the podcast where we have our sensor sweep. And uh, this, this go-around, yours truly... Uh, has the censor sweep? I, um, in in keeping with uh, this podcast theme, a book by Robin R. Means Coleman. Um, she put out a book, Horror Noir: Blacks and American Horror Films from the 1890s to the Present. And I mean, this this book is something else. It goes back to like King Kong, and and you know, um, th- there was a mother in in that film, and her child was in jeopardy, and it gets into how um, you know, African-Americans were always, always portrayed as like, um, um, it was very stereotypical through, through many, many films. And it wasn't until black exploitation films came, came along that you had someone that was, um, a, a doctor or, or a scientist lived in a, in a mansion and, uh, you know, was very successful and, uh, were, were actually, you know, the vampire, rather than the vampire's victim. Um, anyway, uh, she also has a documentary. Uh, I, it's on Scream, for those of you that have access to Scream, and it is called Horror and War. And it, it gets into um, Night of the Living Dead, onto the Freddy Krueger films and um, you know modern, modern horror. Really, really good book. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's a little pricey. But uh, it is a very, very informative, uh, good read. So if you get a chance, check that out. Um, uh, Real quickly, we want to let Lord uh, Blood Raw, you've got uh, several
2: uh, websites, uh, uh, Patreons. uh, A lot of stuff (laughs) stuff going on. Uh, Check out lordbloodraw.com to get all the info on most of the things I'm doing. I drop a new... uh, Lord Bloodraw's Nerve Racking Theater there every Friday. Uh, you can check out my podcast, Lord Bloodraw's Nerve and Auditorium, where I host old-time horror um, and science fiction radio shows. You can get that anywhere you can uh, find podcasts, essentially Apple, Stitcher, uh, Google, ev- everywhere. Um, my Patreon exclusive series is Lord Bloodraw's Cathode Zone. If you sign up at patreon.com slash lordbloodraw, you get a new episode every week where I host classic genre horror and science fiction uh, television. And if you're in the Bay Area, every third Saturday night of the month at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California, it's Chiller Diller Theater, which uh, in which we show classic um, horror and science fiction films in a grand old movie palace, the Orinda Theater, every third Saturday night at, uh, of the month at uh, 930 in the evening, uh, full bar, which always helps, and uh, <laughs> there's always it's oh, sure. never it's never just the movie. I, I host the movies with uh, either a trailer reel or a, sh- a short subject right before it. A lot of surprises, so it's every third Saturday of the month, uh, Chiller Diller Theater. We got creature feet, uh, creature features, creature features day, I should say. If you're in the Bay Area again, Creature Features Day is a day long celebration of creature features. The Bob Wilkins, John Stanley Bay Area classic. That's April 24th, Sunday, again at the Arenda Theater. Uh, We're going to be having the East Bay premiere of Up Late with Bob Wilkins, Mm -hmm. the newest uh, Tom Wersch documentary on on Bob Wilkins. We're also going to be showing Watch Horror Films Keep America Strong, the definitive Creature Features documentary, and the first movie ever shown on Creature Features in the Bay Area, um, uh, The Horror of Party Beach. Which is going to be fun. I'm hosting along with Cinema Insomnia's Mr. Lobo, John Stanley's going to be there, Miss Misery of Miss Misery's uh, Movie Massacre, uh, and Tom Worsh himself is going to be there as well, as well as the today's the the, the Creature Features crew from uh, the latest iteration of Creature Features. That's April 24th at the Arinda Theater. You can get all this information at uh, LordBloodraw.com and uh, yeah, check it out. Cool. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you very much, Lord Bloodraw, for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Karen and Bob, it's always a pleasure. Indeed. You come to the end of our show. So peace out. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at wwwplanet where you can get more information on this episode's topic.
0: For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast.
3: Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash
1: planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end.